about Paul? How many have learned some things about Paul? How many are learning some things about Paul? If, if you don't mind, can I just go on without repeating what we did last time? So that we can go faster. Because Paul has a lot of things to teach us. And if we keep re- rewinding and rewinding, we come here to next year. Hallelujah. So today I want to talk about the character, the character traits of a leader. The character traits of a leader. And we'll see all these character traits in Paul. In just a, one little passage, we'll see his own character exhibited in just a small, a little, you know, when a, a, a preacher is preaching, when uh, uh, most of the time the things they say is them. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. The things they are saying is who they are. And it comes, you see, who you are, you can't hide it. It comes out effortlessly. Are you with me? And we'll see in, in, in Paul, just in a very short passage, uh, less than about nine verses, we'll see 21 different character traits of Paul. Are you ready for the journey? Come with me to Acts chapter 20. So we learned, last week we learned seven things. Was it seven or eight? Six. Okay. Six or seven things. I have seven here. So I didn't give you the seventh one. Seven things uh, we learned about Paul's call, the call of Paul. About leadership, isn't it? But today I want us to move on quickly uh, to Acts chapter 20 from verse 17. Bible says that from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church. And when they had come to him, he said to them, you know, from the first day that I came to Asia, in what manner I always lived among you, serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews how I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly from house to house, testifying to the Jews and also to the Greeks' repentance towards God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. And see now, I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulation await me. But none of these move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race uh, with joy and the ministry which I have received from the Lord Jesus Christ, to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And indeed, Now I know that you all, among whom I have gone preaching to the preaching the kingdom of God, will see my face no more. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Amen. Are you learning some things there already? Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all that all the flock among you which the Holy Spirit 
has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. For I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves, men will rise up, taking, speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore, watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all who, those who are sanctified. I have coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. Yes, you yourselves know that these hands have provided for my necessities and for those who were with me. I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus, that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Verse 36 says that, when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with all them all, and they all wept freely and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him, sorrowing most of all for the words which he spoke, that they would see his face no more, and they accompanied him to the ship. Hallelujah. So it's a very, very sad um, emotional uh, goodbye, if you like, that Paul was having with the church, the elders especially in Ephesus. And Ephesus was one of his favorite churches. If you read, if you are a student of Paul, you know that most of his secrets, he delivered it to the people in Ephesus. You know, if you are a preacher that travels around, there are certain churches you become fond of because of the way they receive the word. Are you with me? There are some people that you insult because they don't receive the word very well. And you see that in Galatia, he was very short with them. He was very, very abrupt with the Galatians. So it was to the point that he called them foolish Galatians. And it's, it's like, he said that, listen, the things that I taught you, if I taught other places, you have benefited them more. Because like you are like fat, you know, uh, uh, people that don't, don't want to receive. You receive, but you are not using it. Are you getting me? You are not energizing yourself to use what I have given you. And so he didn't like them as much as the efficiency. Because Ephesians, when he, what he told them, and you see that Paul, Ephesians and Philippians, more like Philippians was more like talking more about to elders than to the church. But for the Galatians, it was more the church. For the Ephesians, it was more the church. And Galatians was more the church. Hallelujah. And so he was telling them that he's leaving by saying that look at my character. Look at the things that I, who I am and what I've done. And he was trying to say to them that follow these examples. And I believe that Paul is saying to us today 
that these examples, I know you, you as you are, I was reading, you are trying to find these 21, and you couldn't find them. So I'm going to take my time and show you where they are. <laughs> because sometimes we look in the Bible, but we don't see what the Spirit is saying. How many are like that? Sometimes you read, but like you are wondering, where is the 21 things that <laughs> pastor is talking about? 21, I mean 21 in this verse, in this scripture. Some of the verses have about three. <laughs> so let's start from verse number, let's go to 17 again. Okay, so 17 is when he called the church elders. 18, when they came, he said to them, you all know my manner of life. So we are talking about his manner of life. Another uh, um, topic or another title you can give is the manner of life of a leader. The manner of, of life of a leader. You know what my manner, what my manner of life is. 19 is where it starts. Let's look at 19. Serving the Lord with all humility. The first character traits of a good leader is the spirit of humility. Unfortunately, this is one of the character traits that is a dying art in the charismatic church today. Hello? Are you okay with me so far? It is one of the dying arts, the dying spot of uh, the charismatic or the Pentecostal church today. We, the, the preachers are very quick to toot their horn of their achievement and to show their flamboyance and to show their, their um, what do you call it, ebullience and their... They are quick to show where they have come, what they, what they have, what they own. Throwing their nomenclatures around, you know, and throwing their achievement, lauding the, the grace of God over them. You can even see it by the, um, the chairs that we sit on as leaders. I don't have anything about, against chairs, having golden chairs and all that. I don't have anything against it. I don't, I'm not preaching against it. Are you with me? Because you can sit on golden chairs and still be very humble. I, 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 you get what I'm saying? And you can sit on ordinary chairs and be very, very proud. Pride, pride is not what you are saying necessarily, but it's saying the way you carry yourself. It, it's, it's, it's who you are. Listen, there was a, 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 a Rick Warren said, said it this way. I think the best way, I was trying to find uh, the way to put humility, but I think so far what I've seen is about Rick Warren's statement is the best so far. He says that True humility is thinking less of yourself. Sorry, tr true humility is not thinking less of yourself. It is thinking of yourself less. Let me say it again. True humility is not thinking yourself less, but it is thinking of yourself less. True humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Does that make sense? It is not about you. When you make it about you, you are not humble. Most of the churches we have today, the prophets especially, it's, it's all about them. 
the sermon, the preachers, everything's about them. But true humility is not thinking of yourself less, but thinking less of you. See, ministry without people is not ministry. Does that make sense? Ministry without people is not ministry. The Bible says that in the multitude of, of the, the people is the king's glory. So the king's glory is, is, is because of the people. So without the people, the king is not anybody. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? Without, without the church members, the pastor, you are nothing. You're just taking a walk. You're just a normal person. Without your followers, a leader is nobody. So if you make leadership all about you, you are making a great mistake. You will see that Paul was one such person who was always thinking and talking about the people and not his own person. He said, I have learned to abase. I have learned to abound. In everything, I'm okay. I don't, I don't think of myself as worth anything. Are you getting what I'm saying? It was not about my needs. It's about you and what you can get. What my, my ministry can benefit you. That's all I'm thinking about. Not what I'm going to get from you. Oh, I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. Humility is not thinking of yourself less. Or thinking less of yourself. But it's thinking of yourself less than others. Amen. In leadership, it can be tempting to become... Enamored with status. You can easily be, you, you can buy into the hype of the people. Oh, pastor, then they kneel. Oh, pastor, so you have elderly people kneeling, uh, rich people kneeling, you know. Oh, pastor, oh, pastor. And you can buy into that hype and start throwing your, your weight about because you have all these people at your beck and call. Are you understand what I'm saying? But don't, don't, don't mistake it. Don't mistake leadership. Leadership is just a privilege. God has afforded us to, to serve people. Leadership is about people. It's not about us. Once you make leadership about us, you lose the whole essence of leadership. The people are not here to serve you. You are here to serve them. Ah, you get it. When you see our type of leaders, in, uh, especially in Africa and third world countries, the leaders don't understand this concept. That leaders are there to serve the people and the people are not there to serve the leader. Rather, they make it about serving themselves. The people are to serve them. Unfortunately, when it comes to the church, it's the same. Even the message, the way it's preached is that the leaders are here to, the, the church members are here to serve the leader and his vision. It's not true. Hallelujah. Nobody is here to serve me. I am here to serve you, to enable you serve God better. So my ministry is you. Ah, you get what I'm saying? My ministry is you. I should never feel uh, um, disturbed. I should never feel, you know, like uh, disenfranchised when you, your, uh, your needs are presented before mine. 
Rather, I should see it as a privilege that I attend to your needs and not my needs. I don't, I don't think you understand what I'm saying. I don't know whether you, you, you're following what I'm... It, it is not about me. It is about you. My needs don't matter. It's your needs that is paramount. Because I'm here to serve you. You're not here to serve me. A leader is somebody that must think less of themselves and more of the people that they are serving. Are you getting what I'm saying? You are not there for the people to serve you. Are you getting it? So Paul was telling them that, listen, my manner of life was to serve you. For three years, I did not stop serving no one but you. And if you are going to follow me, then that is the traits. How many can see that difference in, in, in mindset with other lead type of leaders? It's like you're here to serve me. The pastor is always complaining that you haven't brought me money. You haven't brought me a gift. You haven't done this. You haven't done this. You have, nobody else owes you anything. Brother pastor, nobody owes you anything. You know, when, when uh, Abraham was giving his children their blessings and their gifts and their inheritance, Levi was not given an inheritance. Levi, who is the priest, was not given any inheritance. Either. Your inheritance is of the Lord. For you, God is your inheritance. So God is your reward. You know, recently, recently, can I, can I talk? Can I be free? Recently, we, I was talking, we had like a family meeting at home. And the meeting, they had been doing the meeting without me. But then they said, they, they all concluded that for the meeting to be concluded, they need me to They'll go through everything, and if I agree, then it means it is done. So they waited for me, so I came. When I got there, then they started, okay, so there are some things on unattended properties that have been there for a while, and they need, now they want to do closure, they want to move up this thing, they want to do this, they want to do this, okay. So each one they brought up. So, so as you do, this one has to go to this person, that person, that person. I said, I agree. This one, they, they got to the point, it's okay, and this one has to go to you. And I said, no, no, my own is not from the Lord. So my own is not part of, I get them, my inheritance is not these goods. <laughs> I, get I told my, my sisters and my mother, my own is not part of this. I am here to ensure that it's done properly. And then that's it. So when we finished and we, we got up. So, okay, we agreed and we're going. My mother pulled me and said, have you forgotten you have children? <laughs> have you forgotten? I said, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Then, as, as we're going on, the master said, okay. You, he had, the master told my mom, he has said his own. We we'll know what we will do. Let's go. I, I get what I'm saying. Because if you're really a Levi, 
a Levite, then you, you should know that your inheritance is not of this world. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So it's not about what you have and what your, your shiny new car, your shiny this and that, that, that makes you, uh, uh, authenticates your, your uh, pastoral. No, 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 no. 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 And the thing is that God, if God is your reward, God will bless you even more than anybody else can bless you. You get more. If a Levi was more blessed than any of the people, there were some that were giving inheritance, they didn't become anything. If you, if you go home, go and, go and look at the inheritance again. You see that some of them, they, 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 even though they got the inheritance, they became uh, slaves. And at the end, the Lord had to deliver them. Hallelujah. You see, you cannot be an effective leader if you feel that you are better than the people you are serving. If you think you are better than the people that you are, God has called you to serve, you are in the wrong business. Maybe try and be a king or something. Go and join a political party or something. Hallelujah. I'm saying because most of us sitting in this room, one day you'll be a pastor somewhere. So you have to remember these things. You'll be a leader of some people, leader of a department, leader of something. And you must understand that they are not there to serve you. You are not better than them. Don't call them, come and cook for me. Don't call come and clean in my house. Come and, come and take my car, go and fix my car. Who do you think you are? Just because you, can, you know a few verses and you, know, you have a little bit of anointing, you think you can command everybody. <laughs> you don't like my message. It's a good message. Eh? It's a good message. No. No. No, 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 no. But you see, when you called me to come and do something for you, I shouldn't remind you that. Uh, and the other day you called me and I did this, I did this. No, 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 no. No. It's my reasonable service to you. And I've done this for you. And I've done this. No, 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 no. Who do you think you are? Immunization. You have done this. You have done this. You have done this. Yes, your job. You are a servant. Have you seen a servant who, after serving the master, uh, have cleaned the bathroom? Have done? No, that's your job. Just do it and go. And be happy that you, you at least you have a job. You are preaching. What a Wednesday. I think this message for pastors. <laughs> He said, he quantifies or qualifies the type of service. He said, I serve in tears. Humility is painful. It is very emotional to see somebody who you are, if but for Christ. But for Christ, the person can't even lace your shoes to come and stand in front of you and insult you and be cool. I said, be cool. Uh, uh, are, you, are you with me? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the reason why a lot of people don't want to be servants of God. Because they, they, they feel and think of themselves too high. 
So it becomes too humiliating for people to talk to them anyhow. They won't talk to you anyhow. That is what ministry, true ministry is. Especially those who you have blessed and helped the most, they are the ones who are going to be almost ungrateful. The ones you have helped, advised, done everything, they are the ones. But be cool. That's ministry. I said, that is ministry. You see, if you don't become a humble leader, you won't have a lot of people stay with you for a long time. Do you understand? If you see anybody, any leader that has a lot of a high turnover of people, it means that person has a character trait that is not humble. That's how come people don't stay around him for a long time. But when you're a humble leader, you have people who will be with you for years and years and years. Even when they are away from you, they are still with you. Yeah. That's a very, very expensive quality. Not a lot of people have it. True humility in leadership position. Not a lot of people have it. As soon as, they, especially as, soon as their ministry is working and is growing, and then they get a title and they, they get people and they, they, you see them. Then you see, you see, you don't know humility when you are poor. <laughs> don't tell me you are humble when you are poor. Poverty will, humble you. Poverty will humble you. But see, true humility is found when God has elevated you and you are still, you are still in, you see, when we come into the fold, you can't tell who the pastor is from who the servant is, who the usher and who the pastor is. If they don't point him out, you won't know him. Then you see you have a humble person there. But as soon as they walk in, they know who the, the pastor is, then you have somebody who is not humble. Because Jesus, in the night in Gethsemane, when they came, he said, the one that I will kiss, that is the one you must seize. It meant that Jesus looked like Philip and Bartholomew. He looked like every one of them. So without the kiss, we won't know who Jesus is. But in our church today, as soon as you enter, the most dressed person is the pastor. The one who has the, the biggest watch. <laughs> the nicest shoe. <laughs> the one with the most pointed shoe. You know, you know I'll, tell you, I'll tell you a joke. I'll tell you a story. I took, I took a pastor, I took a pastor to South Africa, a pastor friend, I mean, to go and preach for me in South Africa. And then when we, this was like, we did like a week, so we did a convention and everything. Then he was living in my house, so I took him out. Oh, let's go, let's go to the mall, let's go and do some shopping. So we went. Then the pastor would go, it's like, we'll go to a shoe shop. And you ask me, what shoe do you like? Then I'll point to some normal, some I like this one. Then because everyone that I'll, I'll take, I'll look at the price first before I say I like it. I'll look, I like this one. Then he held my collar like that. He said, you're a pastor. These are not the type of shoes you must be wearing. <laughs> uh, he 
said, you're a pastor. This is another time. Then he took me to the, 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 another session. That anytime I go to that shop, I never go to that place. I go, I deal with these ones, the, the 40 pounds and the 30 pounds and the 20 pounds. He took me to one session. Picked one. 5,000. He was the one who taught me that the pointier the shoe, the better it looks. This type of shoe that is wider in the front is not proper. It's not for pastors. As a pastor, you must buy 5,000 type of shoe. Hey! Me that I have put you in a plane and I have brought you to South Africa and I'm paying you. Me, I can't buy that shoe. And he picked the shoe and I had to pay. And I said, me, I don't pay this type of shoe. <laughs> so when I came, I told my wife, that this is my wife said, oh, we have to learn. I said, no, this one I'm not learning. This habit is too expensive. Ah! And he said, then he, then, so he take me to a, a suit shop. Say, what type of suit would you buy? I said, oh, me, the one that fits me and I feel comfortable in. He said, no, 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 no. Then he started showing, okay. I said, Pastor, these are the type of shoe. I said, okay. These are the type of suits. Yeah, I said, okay. These are the suits you are going to be casual. These are the type. I said, okay. Yeah, so I was following him. So I became the, the student. <laughs> he was teaching me. <laughs> well, I said, this guy, pa, I will bring him again. <laughs> Up to today, he's been calling me. Oh, when are you going to invite him? You, never again. I've never invited him again. Listen, it's not about whether you have money or not. Are you with me? You are there to be like, how can the servant have so many rings and so many uh, expenses? How can you call him to come and help you? You know, when you look at this, you won't call him. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen. When the pastor is humble, the people want to be in the trenches with you. Are you with me? A humble pastor, we are going on, on uh, evangelism, we are all going. See, if you look at Paul very carefully, see, Paul and, and Peter, there were differences. Peter says that let's reserve the ministry of the word and the miracles and prayer to the apostles and let's find deacons to look after food. But Paul, we are all going to go and do the evangelism. We are all going from house to house to eat. We are all going. We are doing everything together. That is how come Paul had people in the trenches with him. That is how come Paul achieved more than any of the other disciples. I don't know about the other disciples, but I don't think they had as many helpers as Paul had. When you read the letters Paul writes, you see that the names of people that he mentions, many, many names. You read the letters that Peter and Cole wrote, you don't see any name. A humble person always gets other people to identify with them. If you are in the trenches, we are there with you. Are you with me? Because 
I know that when I'm down, you will pick me up. I can relate with you. So I have the same heart as you. I can identify with your heart. But when you are proud, we can't identify with you. See, a true leader also supports the team in every way. He supports the team. I am in there. When you come, we are all together. We are sleeping in the same room. We are going on the same evangelism. The rain is bitter. They are insulting us together. Not that, okay, you people go and do evangelism. Then you are on the phone. No. Hallelujah. There's a difference between a manager and a leader. Isn't it? A manager. Look, when I talk to a manager, this is what uh, this guy was saying, Rick Warren was saying. When I talk to a manager, I get the feeling that they are important. When I talk to a leader, I get the feeling that I am important. I don't know whether you get, you get the difference. I said, I'm the managing director of this whole place. I control everything that happens here. I am the one that everybody reports to. I have the power to fire and hire anybody that I... So as soon as you hear this type of talk, you are talking to an important person. Chief I, I, you get what I'm saying? Because the, the feeling is that he is very important. And the size of the... Uh, team he manages or the size of the uh, job that he manages shows how big or how important he is. But when you're talking to a leader, I mean, look at uh, these type of uh, rig, uh, what do you call those uh, guys, computer, Bill Gates and, and all this, the Apple guy, Steve Jobs and all those people. When you are talking to them, you don't have them, the, the, the feeling that they are important. Because it's more like the, the thing that, you see, as we are trying to achieve this, we are trying to achieve this, and in your T-shirt and your jeans, we are trying to achieve this. So you feel that I am an important part of this thing that we are doing. Because that's a leader. Are you, are you getting a difference? Yeah, a leader is different from a, a, a manager. Never ever make yourself, when people are talking to you, they shouldn't feel that you are very important. And then you are not a leader. See, as the senior pastor of the church, no, that's a manager. Hello, I, I, are you learning? Are you learning something? You must always differentiate who a manager is from who a leader is by the heart they have, the heart of humility. Amen. Let's move on. Otherwise, we'll be here for a long time. So try, let's try and remove the ego from the equation, isn't it? <laughs> Listen to what he says in Philippians chapter 2, from 5 to 8. Says, Let this mind be in you. This is Paul talking. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider him its robbery to be equal with God. But he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. 
So this is Paul's advice. Let the mind of humility be in you. Obviously, it was in him. Have you not realized that it's very difficult for the church people to preach about pride or humility? Very, very rare would you go to any church and see the pastor preaching about pride because they are full of it. <laughs> Five-week series on pride or humility. Very, very difficult. You won't find it in churches. It's not a, a, a very popular, uh, a popular topic preached. Because pride is the thing that when you have, you don't know you have it. Everybody say, I'm humble. I'm proud of my humility. <laughs> the second one, let's move on. Second one. So go back. Serving the Lord with all humility and with many tears. I, I think, Joel, now you, you know my style of preaching. He's, he's right back there. I mean, I think it's very powerful. Very, very powerful. Serving the Lord with, next time I'm going somewhere, I'll have to go with you so that you operate it for me. Serving the Lord with all humility and with many tears and trials which happened to me. Amen. The next thing is serving the Lord. Servant is different from humility. Paul was not a type of leader who sat at one place and asked his followers to go and do the work. 1 Thessalonians 4, 11 and 12. That you also aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your own hands as we commanded you. That we may walk properly towards those who are outside, that they may lack nothing. Amen. Hallelujah. Did you hear that? Yeah. Mind your own business. That you also aspire to lead a quiet life like me. Paul, to mind your own business. See, somebody's, your, your, your nose is in everybody's affair. Everybody, everybody you have an opinion about. No, 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 no. You're a servant. Have you not realized that servants don't have an opinion on the matter? Servants in the house, their husband and the wife may be quarreling, the boss and the wife may be quarreling. And in front of the servant. I haven't seen him. But he hasn't seen him. That's not his business. He doesn't pick sides. Though I like madame. I support madame over boss. Master doesn't, he's not treating madame well. No, no, no. That's not his place. <laughs> Are you getting it? Yeah. That's not your place as a leader. To come in and pick favorites, pick sides. No, 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 no. It's the quickest way of losing the place. Most of the Churches, I mean, I keep telling you, I've had so many churches I've started and given to somebody. Almost all the places I've started and left and given to somebody, when they come in, they struggle. Because when they come in, the first thing they try to do is to pick favorites. Especially, you see, most churches, when uh, the pastor is leaving, 
and a new pastor is coming. There are some people that jock up for position. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because they want to be in bed with the new pastor that is coming. I don't operate that way. I don't like that thing. I operate with everybody. So long as you come close, you are my man. If you don't come close well, that's you. That's my style. Once you, whosoever will may come. If you come, we are working. If you don't come, then that's you. You know, like the, the praise and worship singers. No, no, I don't know. You know, there are people, so they, as soon as they come, they want to have praise and worship singers. And then when, oh, you're a nice praise and worship singer. You're, when I say praise and worship singer, I'm not talking about singing in the choir. It's like when you are, oh, pastor, we like you. You are better than the pastor. No, no, no. That's a praise and worship singer. <laughs> yeah. Not to God, but to the pastor. It's the quickest way of spoiling the church. It's the quickest way of spoiling the church. You see, there are no exclusive club. If you want to speak to pastor, I'm the one who has pastor's ear. So come and talk to me. I'll talk to pastor. It's not, it's not my style. If you come and you see that you, you are in the wrong place. Because everybody has my ear. If you come, I'll talk to you. Sometimes they don't want to come. But so long as you come close, hey, my ear is waiting for you. That's my style. And I believe that's the style of Paul. There's no intermediaries. We are the ones. If you want to move high in this church, it is through us. No, it's not through you. <laughs> There's no Jesus Christ here. <laughs> I, I, are you getting what I'm trying to say? Yeah. And, and I've seen at least four or five churches have left. The pastors have come and they, they have struggled. Kill the church virtually. Like more than half of the church have, has left. Not because they were not good pastors, but because they brought in a certain spirit which was not there to start with. So everybody was comfortable because everybody has the freedom to move and become whatever God wants them to become. The pastor comes in and tries to bring these are my people, these are my people, before you realize the church is finished. Are you, are you getting it? Never have that attitude. Mind your own business. Be a servant. <laughs> Ephesians 4.28 <laughs> Ephesians 4.28 Anyone who has been stealing must steal no more, but must work doing something useful with his hands, his own hands, that he may have something to share with those who are in need. Amen. So having that servant attitude is one that Paul had. The third thing, let's go back to the scripture, the same scripture we're looking at. Are we in uh, verse 90? Okay, let's go to 20. How I kept nothing that was useful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly from house to house. What Paul was saying that, look at my integrity. I did not hide anything. This one I'm hiding so that I'll share it with only a privileged few. Do you, do you get it? This one I'm hoarding. As for this one, I'm keeping. Have you, have you not seen that there are some pastors, they hide some, some, some like, they'll teach the, the people who are following them everything, but they'll hide some things. 
a few things that will make them unique. They are unique selling points. <laughs> I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. So he's like, you see, the, the pastors can do only up to a point. But they cannot do as good as they, they are. Because they hide, they, they are not truthful. But Paul said that everything that I received, I gave to you. There's a scripture in, in 1 Corinthians, let me show you. 1 Corinthians 11, 23. We use it to take communion. But I believe that's the heart of Paul. He said, I have received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night which he was betrayed took bread. He says that what he taught, he taught me, what he told me is the same thing I've given you. I haven't hidden anything from you. What he has shown me, I am showing you. Amen. Have integrity as a leader. Don't have any shady, any hidden agenda, hidden secrets. I don't know whether I'm getting through to you or not. You see, in, in, in this, you see most leaders in this, in this place, they, they, even in work, at work, they'll teach you, but they'll teach, they won't teach you everything. They'll hide some things from you. So that every, every, at every level, you have to call them. At every level. Have you worked with people like that? Every time they want you to come to them. No, show me the thing. No, 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 no. Me, I don't like this micromanagement. And that's what I call it. Have you finished this, this stage? Okay, come back to me. Have you finished this stage? Come back to me. Have you I'm, I'm busy. So I'll give you the broad stroke, the, the, the vision as to how you get it there. That one is you. This is how, these are the steps. These are the things get us there. This is where we want to go. I believe that is what a leader is supposed to be. Are you with me? A leader is not a manager. A manager, every time they want you to report, at every step, you put a hole here, you have to go back to them. You put a hole here, you have to go back to them. You, you do this uh, meeting, you have to come and report back. You do that meeting, have, no, 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 no. This is where we are going. These are the steps that will take us there. Now get on with it. When you have any issues, come to me. Are you getting it? But if you're with every time, every time, pastor, and pastor, and some pastors struggle with this. And when I say some pastors, like there's some followers or junior pastors struggle with this. Because every time they want you to be calling every step and asking them, or they have to report back to you. Every time, I tell you, no. Have you done this, this general thing? Okay, when you do this general thing, these are some of the pitfalls. After that, we go to this, or we are doing this, or we are doing that. This is what we, where we are going. If you have any problems, questions, you can come back. Otherwise, get on. Are you with me? Paul will write letters to them. When you have this problem, this is what you do. He says, I go and fix. Like Timothy says, I go and fix the, the people. Just go and fix. These are the things you must. Your age doesn't matter. This is what, these are the, some of the things you must look out for. If you do these things, you will make yourself profitable and you will do well. Oh, then he has to go and 
have the, I'd rather you have my heart than have my mouth or in, my, in your ear. <laughs> uh, there's a big difference. I don't know whether you get it. There's a great difference. To have my heart is different from having my mouth. Let me show you the difference. The difference between having a heart of your father and having his constant instruction is that at every point you know what, what would my father have done in this situation. You, you can almost 100%, if my dad was here, he would have done it this way. If my father was here, if my pastor was here, he would have done this way. If my pastor was here, he would have said this. If my, that is when you have the heart of the, the person you are following. Are, are you getting it? But if it's like, <clears throat> so uh, this, uh, then what do you want me to do? And so that's a servant. Always going, running back for his rushing. Always running back. That's a servant. That's not a leader. And please don't get it wrong. It doesn't mean that you take off and go into the bush. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that you must, you must have the heart so that when anybody comes and sees that it's exactly what see, what Jesus taught the disciples was not necessarily do's and don'ts. It was his heart. So when he left, his heart was replicated up to today. Are you getting it? It was different. See, the different thing Muhammad and Jesus was that Jesus taught his heart. Muhammad gave instructions. So it's like it's almost emotionless without emotion, without it's almost as if you are not allowed to think. You are not allowed to. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's it's just this these are the things, these are the, these, the, 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 all the instructions. Are you getting it? But Jesus gave us the heart of the Father so that we have that heart. So at every point, we know what the mind of God is. Are you getting it? We can almost say this is what Jesus would have done if he was here. That is the, that's the difference between Christianity and Islam, if you like. So if you, if, you, if you like, when you look at Christianity today, broadly, it hasn't changed much from the scripture. But when you look at Islam, in terms of what he wrote and what is being practiced today, you can see a wide... Because when it's like every time you're falling, 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 falling you're, you're, you, you become like a robot. You don't think. And that's the difference between, uh, if you like, the, the commandments that Moses gave was more instructions, instructions. And you look at Leviticus, you look at uh, Deuteronomy, it's all instructions, instructions, instructions. But when Jesus came, it's like, no, the heart. Different from instructions. I don't know whether you're getting what I'm trying to say. So you have the heart and the mind of God. Amen. I think we have learned a lot. Can I give you one more? Huh? Oh, my time is up. Sorry? One more. Okay, verse 20 again. It says, How I kept nothing that 
was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly from house to house. I was committed into making sure that you become like me. One of the character traits of a good leader is commitment. Commitment to the people that he's leading. See, most of the time when you hear commitment, it's more the other way around. It's more the people have to be committed to the leader. How many know what I'm talking about? It's always like they are, you are being asked to be committed to me. But here, Paul is saying that I was committed into making sure that you become like me. So I, whether we are at home, we are in church, wherever we are, I am teaching you. I not, took nothing, kept nothing, so that you become like me. Amen. So commitment is very, very, very important. Unlike Peter, who went fishing, when things got difficult, you never hear that Paul left the ministry and went somewhere else. Even when things were hard, he was working by day and preaching by night. In the morning, he would go and fix people's tents. And in the evening, he would come and preach. Peter, when things got difficult, he went to fish all night and all day he went to sleep. And the people were left without a leader. That's also another type of leader, leadership style. <laughs> Where it's like my needs. I have to go. I'll come back to you later. <laughs> I'm off. <laughs> I go out fishing and they say, we we'll go with you. Say, okay, if you want to come with me, you can come. But that's for me. I'm, this Jesus thing, I've tried to see now. Man have a wife and children. Man must be responsible at, uh, at some point. At some point, it's got to be practical. So, you see, I know what I taught you earlier on. I know what I said Jesus said. But now, Jesus is gone. And uh, we have to look up. We have to be real. We have to put the Bible aside sometimes. I go a fishing. But Paul says that, no, I am committed. He said that, Woe is me if I preach not the gospel. See, how can they hear without a preacher? And who will go without being sent? But for me, necessity is laid upon me that I preach the gospel. Woe is me if I preach not. I will continue to preach. That's one of the character traits of a good leader is to be committed to the cause and the people. Never ever be distracted by your own life. Because your life, trust me, your life has many contours. Many, many encumbrances. Life is not a straight line. Up, down, side, side, up. Downside, side, you, you have a C, you have a R, you have a W, you have a Y, you are here, you are there. Yeah, but one thing must remain consistent in spite of all that is going on around you. 
Never take your eyes off the ministry and what you have been called to do and the people you've been called to serve. Never become like Peter and say, I go out fishing. That's how come Jesus had to ask him, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Three times. Three times. If you love me, why are you going fishing? It's time to do what, and see the thing is, in spite of what is happening in your life and all the things that you do, when you focus on God's work, God takes care of the rest. God has a way of taking care of everything that concerns you. Even in the harshest times, if only you can stay your mind and focus on and be committed totally to the work of God that he has given you, he will take care of the rest. Hallelujah. It's very important that we, we learn this fact. Second Timothy, I'm, I'm finishing, don't worry. Second Timothy 4, 2. Have you learned something today? He said, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all suffering, long suffering, and teaching. Preach the word. Out of season, in season, on season, before season, after season, preach the word. In Philippians 3.13, he says that, <clears throat> Bread, I not count myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting the things that are behind and reaching for the things that are <clears throat> ahead, I press on. I'm focused. I'm committed. I press on towards the goal of the price of the upward call of God in Christ. Hallelujah. I press on. I press on. I'm totally focused, totally committed. Listen, don't allow your personal distractions to move your eyes from what God has committed to you. Don't allow it. Well, as for life, there's always, every time in your life, there is something that is taking your focus. Every time. As soon as you finish this, you are getting ready to enter that. As soon as you finish that, they are getting ready to enter that. As soon as you get, so if you wilt under stress, you can't be a good leader. Because the stress is from outside and from inside. 